0: We hear in the psalm today, that the Lord has made known to all the nations. It's not just to the people of Israel, it's not to those just who are of Jewish descent. And we should of course rejoice from this because unless we have Jewish ancestry in our blood, we are the nations, we're the Gentiles, simply means non-Jews. We were not part, and our ancestors were not part, I know mine weren't, part of the original house of Israel. But Jesus has come for all the nations, for all those who remain in his word, for all those who love one another, for all those who, with Christ in their soul, love one another. Because as we read in the second reading, the letter, the first letter of St. John, if we love one another, God remains in us and his love is brought to perfection. It's brought to perfection because love is made to be received and to give. We don't hold on to it. If we hold on to it, we become the Dead Sea, or we become like the Great Salt Lake, extremely salty. That's why the ocean is salty. The water has nowhere else to go. All the minerals remain there. Fresh water, life-giving water, except for, you know, saltwater fish, I know. Life-giving water for us is fresh water. We receive love, we give love. We receive love, we give love. That's what makes us truly alive. Because God is love. We receive God, we give God. We receive God, we give God. The problem is, I think more often than we realize, we don't dwell in God's love we are not in a position to hear god's love to receive god's love when i say hear i don't just mean with my ears i mean with our heart with our very being we're not in a position to be loved to allow ourselves to be loved to know god's love so this week i just got back from a self-led retreat and some of the books i were using well one of the book in partic- one book in particular i was using was god speaks your love language And I want to talk about this for just a little bit, well, for a lot of it. But if you're not familiar with the original book by Gary Chapman, I think it was written in 98, The Five Love Languages, that would be the first one to read. And if you haven't read that, I highly recommend getting it and reading it. It's short, it's worthwhile, it'll change the way you relate in marriage or relate to your kids or relate to your friends or whatever. Most importantly, this next book, God Speaks Your Love Language, builds off of that first book. And the five love love languages are, just for a quick review, words of affirmation. So, if you're a a parent or a father especially, I'm proud of you, son. I'm proud of you, daughter. You did a good job. Great game. Good job on that test. Honey, I always appreciate how you have the right thing to say. I love how you have dinner ready, I love how you come home from work on time, any words of affirmation. And before I go any further, the five love languages are pretty much, each of us have hardwired in us, one or two that rise to the top. And when we receive love in that mode, in one of those five love languages, we actually hear it and we feel it and we feel loved. When we receive it in the other four languages, we might be able to recognize it. We might not even actually even recognize it. And even though you might be, as one spouse, you might be giving words of affirmation every day because that's your love language and it's easy for you to, to say good things to your kids and say good things to your spouse. But if that's not the way they receive it, you might as well be speaking Greek because they're just not going to pick up on it. No matter how much you compliment them, no matter how much you praise them, it doesn't mean anything to them. And so you have to learn what your whoever you're trying to love, what their love language is, and that's what you have to speak. That's how you will feel loved. The next one would be physical touch. We're not talking about in the bedroom, we're not talking about making babies, we're talking about everything else. We're talking about hugs, we're talking about kisses on the cheek, we're ca- talking about hand on the shoulder, hand on the elbow, whatever, sitting next to somebody. Where just by your presence and your touch, the other person knows I'm loved and you are here for me. That's what that physical touch means. Gift giving. It can be things that cost money. It doesn't have to be things that cost money. It could be a little rock that you find. It could be a leaf in the fall that you think is really pretty and you bring it home for your loved one. Because you think they'll appreciate it. If that's their love language of receiving gifts, they will appreciate it. If, of course, one thing, I'm going to take you out for dinner. Oh, yeah, that'll be something real good. Yeah, I'm go- I got you a ring. I got you jewelry. I got you uh, the gift of me being home on time. I got you the gift of we can watch whatever you want to watch tonight. Whatever. Any kind of a gift. Use your imagination. It doesn't have to be big. And it's to let the other person know I am loved because you got me this gift. And you get me a small gift once a week. Awesome. Another love language is acts of service. You take out the trash, you do the dishes, you fill up the gas tank, you wash the baby, you change the baby's diaper, you mow the grass, anything, anything and anything. I'll let you pick where we eat dinner tonight. I'll let you get ready in the morning before me. That's an act of service. Oh, People outside today who selflessly drop their family and their... And their wife mom off under the overhang and dad went and parked in the torrential downpour that we had and came in that is an act of service and if that's your love language it really meant something it really helped you concretize help you feel loved and the last one is quality time the two of you are together doesn't matter what your activity is you're just together you could be reading a book together. You could be doing different things in the same room. You could be watching TV together. You could be going on a hike together. You could be eating food together. That's what matters is just the time. Each of us have one of those that is our strongest, that we want to receive love in. And when we do feel, receive love in that way, from somebody that we want to feel love from, again, a spouse from God, from a parent, We feel secure. Anxiety goes away. Hope comes back. These are some of the benefits. and It sounds a little crazy and it sounds a little cheesy, but this is absolutely true. The world isn't so bleak. We can overcome whatever is thrown our way. I'm not worried about you leaving me. Again, it could be a parent, it could be a spouse, it could be a priest, it could be God. I'm not, and think about that from God's point of view, from your point of view to God. Do I feel secure and confident in my relationship, in his relationship to me? Do I know that he loves me? Do I know that he'll forgive me at any moment that I ask for it? Do I know that he'll always take me back? That's a better way of putting it. Or do I just come here because my parents tell me to come here to Mass? Do I just come here because I think I'm supposed to, because I'm Catholic, that I come to Mass? Or do I feel God's love in everything? Do I feel his presence in the day? Do I feel his presence in waiting in line, in getting cut off in traffic, in being in a traffic jam, in being at work, it taking care of my sick child, whatever. When we feel love and when we especially feel God's love, everything just fits together and everything is much more peaceful. So I'm going through this book, God speaks your five love languages. And of course, like we hear from Saint John, the letter of to John. God speaks through us. God works with us. When we love one another, God remains in us. And we know we're the body of Christ. So when we are really filled with the Holy Spirit and we know his love, we will want to love others. We will want to take care of others. We will want to spread the gospel. We will want to be at peace and want others to be at that same peace, to have that same peace. But God remains in him and he in us. God if we acknowledge Jesus. And if we acknowledge Jesus, that means we love our neighbors. We love God. We feel his love because if the spirit of God is in us, then we're like the Son. in that we will say prayers like this that we hear in the gospel. Father, keep them, my disciples, in your name that you have given me so that they may share my joy completely. This is the goal. The sacraments help a great deal, don't get me wrong, but quite often we are not tuned in or we don't realize that we're not tuned in to receiving God's love. So as I'm going through this book, I'm realizing that for the last three, well, not this last year, but two, three years ago, two years ago, and maybe even the whole seven years in the seminary where words of affirmation are my pretty much my number one, very important for me, my love tank may have been empty this whole time, and I didn't even realize it. So at the seminary, there's not a lot of words of affirmation because the priests there are there to instruct, to form, to teach. They're not my coach. So they tell us all kinds of great things, and I learn how to pray, and I learn how to know God, and all kinds of wonderful, I mean, it's a great experience. But from the people that I respected, there's not really words of affirmation. And I never thought about that. And then three years ago and two years ago at my last assignment, my pastor, who I looked up to, of course, because he's the pastor, the about as opposite of words of affirmation as you could imagine. Terrible to work for. Always negative. Not a good man in that way. He's great with parishioners, but for some reason when it comes to staff, he just, it was not good. And then coming here, right from the very beginning, I was welcomed. By everyone here at St. Chris and at St. John's and it's been wonderful and that has been good but this is after nine years two years nine years of being on empty being on fumes and Father John is great as well anybody who gets to know him knows that he's a pretty positive guy and he likes he loves life and he loves our Lord but I don't see very much of him none of us see very much of him right he's running all over the place But he's a good man, so there's a little bit coming that way. And there's a little bit coming from you. But even, like, for example, from the seminary, which I'm trying to rewrite in my brain, we're taught that after Mass, when somebody comes up and says, Father, that was a great homily, they're like, ignore that. Ignore any kind of compliment, because it will boost your ego, and then you'll start to think as a priest that I'm hot stuff, and, you know, I'm the reason that you all have faith. You know, it just... It can happen. It can happen. But then it got overemphasized to just ignore all of that. Where for me, that's what I need. We're taught that, you know, what else are you going to say to a priest when you leave church? You had a bad homily? You're terrible? Nah, nah, Ah, good homily. Even if you don't mean it, you're like, ah, good homily. And then you're out the door, right? Whew, got past him. Good. But those are the things that I realized during this retreat. I need to actually take heart in and actually believe what you all are telling me and actually believe the positive things that others are telling me in the faith formation, in a faith setting. I have to spend more time with the Bible because it's the easiest way to hear God's word. So this is still words of affirmation. Spend time with scripture, not studying, but just in it, just praying, kind of living in it, relaxing in it, just being there without any kind of agenda of I'm trying to get ready for tomorrow's homily or next Sunday's homily. I just want to hear God's words of affirmation, such as in the gospel, so that they may share my joy completely. Something like that, to just sit in that, dwell in that. It's real easy to brush past that. Okay, all right, I'm just reading the rest of this gospel passage. But if I really sit and think in that, God wants me to share in his joy completely, that I'm worthy of that, that he desires me to share in that joy that he wants me back whenever I sin, that this joy is something that I'm allowed to have, that he wants me to have, I'm capable of having, and it's his, his intention is for me to have this. Something like that. That is a word of affirmation. I'm like, oh yeah, I feel really good actually after thinking that, saying that all to you. Again, the benefits are peace, hope, security, A lack of fear, it goes away. The tirades that the world throws at us, and you've heard me say this before, the lies and the control and the hate and the indifference that the world is telling us now, today, and telling us that we're wrong, we can never do anything right. There's no citizen in this world, apparently, that can do anything right. That's what the world tells us. It's not what God tells us. But we believe it when that's all we hear, or we hear that often enough. And when we think of our children and our brothers and sisters, and maybe our parents and our elderly parents, we think of those around us, and we realize we can't give what we don't have. I can't transmit to you a love, a deep love, an abiding love of the Lord unless I have that as well. Even though I can feel experiences and have wonderful God moments in the sacraments, in the Eucharist. There's that underlying abiding joy that I can't share. And as a parent, you can't share with your kids. You can't transmit the real core of the faith unless you have that first. And I'm just suggesting that if you have not read the five love languages or or it's not been a while, get the audio book or get the real book and take a look at it. And then read the God Speaks Your Love Language. He also wrote a whole bunch of other ones for children, how to relate to children, how to relate to teenagers. If you want to learn how, if your relationship with your spouse or your teenager or your child is a little strained, this would be a great and easy resource for you to check into to straighten out that relationship. And that's what God wants. We cannot have joy completely if we don't hear God's love, we don't feel God's love, and if the relationships in our life are a wreck, or we're not able to communicate God's love and receive that love back, or human love and back. That's not joy completely. God wants us to heal the wounds of this world because we are his body. God wants us to nail our infirmities to the cross because we are his body. And we do that by remaining in him so that he remains in us because he has given us his spirit.